BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. DeMar DeRozan comes out and says he's against drastic changes for the Chicago Bulls roster. We're going to talk about what that means. Plus, we're going to talk about does the Chicago Bulls front office actually have a plan in place, and are they at their best when they have a plan? We're going to talk about that, plus preview the game that's going down today against the Brooklyn Nets and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. Before we get started, I want to thank you guys for the voicemails. This is one of the best voicemail bag episodes that I think we have. All the voicemails are really solid, well thought out. And I want to make sure on Saturdays and Sundays that you guys know and understand it's your show, basically. Yes, I have some predetermined topics I come in here with and talk about, but get your voicemails in. Get your voice heard. One of the things that separate this platform from other ones is that I love giving the Bulls fans a voice on this show. This is all of our show, so make sure you guys get those voicemails in as much and as often as you can. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, DeMar DeRozan has come out and talked about the Bulls possibly you know, going rebuild, blowing it all up, whatever it's called. He said this. I never look at that as a go-to. We, can't, we can do it. That's why I'm so frustrated, because we can do it. It's not like we're playing against the 96 Bulls every single night. We can go out there and compete against anybody. We can beat anybody. It's just a matter of from the tip of the ball to the end, playing the right way, putting, it, putting an IQ into the game, and understand what we've got to do and how hard we've got to go at this. So, listen, one of the things with when it comes to the Chicago Bulls, we all know. We, we doubt the heart that they play with consistently, right? Especially in first quarters of games where it's been, the Bulls are like, have like a, a point differential, like negative 19 in the first quarters of the game. You know how bad you have to be to have a point differential that big in the, in the, in the first quarters of games? That's, that's huge, right? That's, that's a, usually a lead that's insurmountable if you start off the game that way by some of the best teams in the NBA. And so the fact that the Bulls, you know, they, they, they point differential in the first quarter is as bad as what it is. And then in the fourth quarter games, they're like plus 13 or something like that. So, like, the first quarters really are something. The slow starts are something that's really drastically hurting the Chicago Bulls. So I understand where DeMar is coming from with that. Now, to say that he's against the front office, which is what it is, is making big changes to the roster, I, I understand that as a player. And I think as a player, you get really attached to your guys. You understand them. You see their game. You see them practice. You see the work they put in every single day. But at the end of the day, I think we all know this roster is not working, right? And it hasn't worked. Like, let's go back and be clear. Last season was the first season that the core three had a positive point differential. 
all together on the court. It's not working. Now, one could say maybe coaching can fix some things. Maybe just bringing in the right player at the power forward position maybe could fix some things. There's a lot of ways you can fix a core that's not working together, but typically it, it doesn't get fixed on the fly. You do have to make some changes overall to the roster to just make it go. Now, I think the Bulls have, especially when Alice Caruso was off that bench, they got a solid bench rotation. I like the bench. Yes, we can use some more size off the bench, things like that. But when it comes down to it, I know this is all kind of stemming and the trade conversations, the trade talks are stemming from the Zach Levine drama and things like that. And when it comes down to it, I don't think that that this is salvageable. I just don't. And I think that the writing's kind of on the wall for that. It'd be different if this was a younger team. Like if DeMar, Zach, and Vooch are all, you know, between 25 and 28 years old, then yeah, maybe, right? Because you still have players that are still can add some to their game. Not to say that these players still can't. DeMar's shown that. You can add to your game throughout your whole NBA career. But when it comes down to it, like it that at this at the age that Vooch and DeMar are, they are kind of who they are. And we've already seen it taken away from some of their games of them trying to make this unit work. Yes, it worked when Lonzo was there. Don't get me wrong, to a degree, right? This team still wasn't a championship contender team at that point in time, but it worked to a degree there. And it never really got back to that. And I think it's because Lonzo was such a unique player on this team. And a lot of people even say true point guard, true point guard, true point guard. I think they forget Lonzo wasn't a true point guard. Lonzo does, didn't operate the ball in the half court. He just didn't. Not to say that he couldn't, but he didn't. And I think we've now romanticized this idea that just the right true point guard is going to fix this team. And even then, I don't think that's necessarily true. We can talk, and I know people are going to throw out the Pat Bev of it all and the Pat Bev effect. And it's like, yeah, you went 14 to 9. That team, that team still had some big glaring issues in third quarters of games and things like that. And it's easy when you have a new injection of energy to kind of play different over the second half of games. And as some Bulls fans have pointed out as well, like, a lot of those teams were kind of just gearing up towards the playoffs as well, whereas the Bulls were fighting for a play-in spot. So I think we kind of romanticized that, the Pat Bev effect and er an error a little bit uh, as well. That's why the Bulls were so, you know, uh, uh, ready to move on from it. But at the end of the day, I get where DeMar's coming from. I understand that from a player's perspective of not wanting to see a team make drastic changes to guys that you've gone to battle with, lost a lot of those battles, but you've gone to battle with, for, for the better part of three years now. But at some point, you got to just realize it's not working. And DeMar was on the other side of that as well, right? With that Toronto Raptors team. That team plateaued out. They needed a player like Kawhi to come in to be able to really raise that ceiling to be a championship level. Now, there were other things that happened over the course of that offseason, I mean, over that, that uh, postseason and things like that that put them in the in the best situation possible. But it, it just, it, it at some point, like I've said it before, every roster, every roster, no matter how good the grade it is, has an expiration date. And it seems like this roster has reached that one. And that kind of leads us to the next topic, right? Is that, well, I always give credit to AK for coming in and having a plan and that plan working for 35 years, right? I give them credit for that because the way that it worked um, in a, in a, on a roster that everybody doubted the mix, the chemistry of it, would, would Zach and DeMar be able to play together? And that, that team, when it had Lonzo Ball, was rocking and rolling. They still had flaws. They still needed some more size off the bench. I think if that team would have had Andre Drummond as their backup center with Lonzo out there, the chemistry between Lonzo and, and Drum could have been amazing when you look at how Lonzo even used Derrick Jones Jr. in a pick and roll to make that a dangerous weapon for the Chicago Bulls at that time when he was playing backup center. So I understand some of that, right? And when you look at now where this front office is, is they sit in a place, and I know a lot of Bulls fans are asking, well, why hasn't the movement been coming? And hopefully that means they're putting a plan in place for this trade deadline and season, right? 
after the December 15th date and then the January 15th date when rookies are able to be traded as well, that may be where you start seeing this front office get active. And the one thing that I want to say and give credit to them, as I was getting to my point, is that this front office, when they have a plan, when AK has had a plan, he executed that plan well. Now, there's something to be said about not rebounding and adjusting to the plan once Lonzo went down, which has been god-awful. But at this point in time, you have to ask yourself, is Acme, as a, as a front office, better when they have a plan? And are they now putting that plan in place? Is the quietness, which most front offices are quiet around this time of year. This is the first month and a half of the season. You're not going to get a lot of moves anyway, but it is the quietness from this front office because they're coming up with the plan and what the next wave needs to be. It's already come out uh, that Zach Levine's frustration with this team comes to not trusting the roster, not liking the head coach. I, I doubt that the head coach is going to change, but you have to ask yourself is that now with the trade request, whatever ends up coming from it, is AK and Eversley, are they really in the lab cooking up a plan on what that next wave of the Chicago Bulls is going to be? And do not be surprised if that plan may include just being bad for two to three years. I think the team trying to avoid being bad is really kind of what led us here to a degree. And so maybe embracing that now or, or just realizing that, hey, that may be, have to be part of this process, maybe, maybe they do have a better plan in place. I, for one, am hopeful, right? I, listen, I have my doubts around AK and Eversley, especially with drafting because of looking at, at what things have went. Julian Phillips, though, listen, I, 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 the G League review will come out today. The Windy City Bulls episodes will come out later on today, so make sure you guys watch that as well because I'm going to go in there. But Julian Phillips seems like he could be, uh, I won't say a steal, but he can be a very solid pick for the Chicago Bulls, and we'll get into that at some point in time. Um, but, yeah, when it comes down to it, A.K. and Eversley hopefully are, are cooking up a plan. And how they execute that plan um, is going to be important because, like I said, you, you, can't, you can't lose this next set of deals, and you have to hit on three of your next four draft picks. You just have to. So, you know, let's hope that AK is is better. And, you know, as we lead towards that, that those two deadlines and the trade deadline overall, we've got a date in, in December, a date in January, and a date in February that all could be very important to where this next phase of the Chicago Bulls roster goes. And if that plan is to go blow it up, is the plan is to retool, is the plan is to rebuild, hopefully that plan is one that they execute well. Zach Levine trade market, yes. It's quiet right now. It's going to be that until about de December 15th. Alice Caruso, we've heard that the Bulls are still adamantly against moving Alice Caruso. But what happens with the Zach Levine trade may, may change that. The DeMar DeRozan extension front is quiet. But leading into December, January, and February, that may start changing as well. So, you know, let's see what this front office has in store. I know that's going to be varying levels of hope depending on how you view this front office and, and things like that. But let's see what comes up. Now, we do have a game tonight against the Brooklyn Nets, and this is a team that just snapped their three-game losing streak. They beat the Miami Heat 112-97. Now, that was a team that was resting Jimmy Butler and Bam, so they weren't in this game. The, the Brooklyn Nets also are, are one game below 500, uh, so they're tr trying to come in, do much like the Toronto Raptors did against us and get to 500, and we'll see if they can end up doing that. Um, listen, I, here's the thing. When, when it comes down to it, well, I, and like I've said in a lot, that's why these Previews haven't really changed much for the Chicago Bulls because it stays pretty much the same. You have to come in and execute. You have to limit turnovers. You have to shoot the ball effectively and efficiently, which they did shoot the ball efficiently in that last game. Uh, as far as the what the numbers would tell you, just you know they couldn't get off offense. Um, and your your defense has to be on point. This is a Brooklyn Nets team that we've seen it. We know that they can get on fire offensively, and if they do that. It it, it it the Bulls can be at a disadvantage of that, right? And as we've seen with the Bulls, any really young, scrappy team, stuff like that, gives the Chicago Bulls fits. And this Brooklyn Nets team 
fits that bill of teams that can do that, right? They have a top uh, 15 offense in the league, I believe, off the top of my head. Again, I don't have the stats up in front of me. A top 15 offense in the league. Uh, they, sh- they shoot the ball now that I do have them. 47% overall from the field as a team, which is really solid. And their defense, defense isn't great. They're, 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 they're slightly uh, 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 in the middle of the pack. They're like 20th on defense. So, hey, listen, that's where the Bulls can take advantage of, but it comes down to what we talked about. Execution, execution, execution. And until this team gets to the place of being one of those teams that just executes on both sides of the ball effectively and consistently, they're always going to find themselves behind the eight ball. They're always going to find themselves in a place of, of playing from behind. So, you know, you want to avoid that with this Brooklyn Nets team. You want to you, you want to avoid the slow starts. Of course, this is the you, you never want to get off to a slow start, right? That shouldn't even have to be said. You always want to want to avoid a slow start from a team, especially a team like the Brooklyn Nets that once all their players are rocking and rolling, uh, they can they can get out on a run against you. So uh, you will see. I, Cam Thomas, I think, is still out, so he's going to be out in this one. Uh, ben Simmons is out as well, but they still got more than enough depth on that team and more than enough people that can put the ball in the hoop. They can give the Chicago Bulls fits, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, we know what he's done against the Bulls before. We know what he can be. Not a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination. Now, they're also missing Denny Smith Jr., who gave the Bulls uh, some plays some really good minutes against the Bulls before as well. You got Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton. This is another game where you think, where you hope that Nikola Vucevic comes in and really asserts himself early on and the Bulls go to him early. But, you know, we don't do that consistently, so... You, you can't always bet on that from this team either, but this is a winnable game against the Brooklyn Nets, and hopefully the Bulls come in and they have some pride about themselves. Uh, we already saw the practice that they did in New York when they got there. Let's hope that this team comes in and really executes on both sides of the ball, and we can talk about a dub after the game. But all right, with that said, let's go ahead and get into the main part of this episode. That's the mailbag. This first voicemail, this one's for Mike Jones. What's up, Hayes? It's Mike Jones. Been a little bit. I haven't called Dan. You always know I'm watching. Um, but I wanted to take some time, and I really wanted to think about things and really watch this team, bro. And I'm going to just be honest with you. You know, we as Bulls fans have to be insane. But even more than us being insane, the front office got to be insane, bro, because the definition of insanity is you repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I promise you, bro, we keep trying to make something work that just isn't fit to work. That's first and foremost. Secondly, bro, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but Kobe White is not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. He's a scoring guard. He's not a point guard. He just isn't. And that's really what the Bulls sorely miss in all of this. And you keep trying to cut corners and do the back way of trying to get a point guard. I don't know if they promised Kobe when he re-signed with them that he would get a certain amount of games at the PG position or what. But Kobe White is not a point guard, bro. He's a scoring guard. He's a shooting guard. Um, and, and some of these small ball, uh, teams, he damn near can play the three guard position. I mean, the, 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 the three, the three position. So, I mean, I, I don't know, bro. I just, I think that we have to go get a real point guard. Pop, to be perfectly honest with you, really, Io should be starting. <laughs> I, I feel like Io should be starting with that first unit. He brings more defensive intensity. And I feel like he'll make the direct pass and he'll also drive to the cup, which opens up more lanes instead of just stopping at the three point line. Which is a lot of why these bulls get off. Why the bulls get off to these slow starts is because dudes ain't moving, man. I mean, it's terrible, bro. And last but not least, Lee Donovan gotta go, man. Like, I feel like I could bring my fifth grade, my son's fifth grade basketball team out there that I coach, and we could beat the Chicago Bulls in basketball right now, bro. I mean, like I said, they just don't have any movement. 
not really working together as a team. It's one shot and they back down the court. It's awful, man. It's all messed up. But thank you, ladies, for the show and for, as always for giving us uh giving us all the uh, all the feedback. Appreciate it, man. Okay, so it kind of goes to what I said and talked about before. Everybody talks about this this point, true point. The Bulls, it's not a lot of those guys, and those guys would have to want to come here as well and that's where you where you start running into situations at so i know it's easy to say and that we can think oh just go out there and get you a point guard right but point guards don't just especially ones that have to fit like you can find some point guards that are better facilitators but then if they're also weak defensively it's going to put the bulls at even a larger disadvantage right so uh, listen i get what you're saying yes i would love ak to go on out and got a point guard but they, those point guards have to come then you also have to look at what assets you're giving up for the level of point guard that you can get as well so there's those type of things that play into it. Like when you look at what Brogdon and Drew Holiday went for, the Bulls really couldn't have gotten those deals. So, you know, I, I understand those are two point guards I really would have liked on this team, but it, it comes down to it that the, it's not a lot of true point guards left. So us kind of as a franchise harping on this true point guard, there's not really a lot of those. Now, I will, I will call you out on one thing, Mike Jones. Now, you said that doing the same thing um, repeatedly and expecting different results is insanity, but then you end it by saying start Io. Have we not seen Io as the starting point guard for a large amount of times? It doesn't work, right? It does not work. I get it. And I think Io's even showing in his play off the bench, he's better suited being off the ball. He's not a true point guard either. I know what he did and how he's able to run uh, the point guard in Illinois, but that was a very different team and a very different style of basketball as well. Io is not the answer. Now, that's not to say that Io shouldn't be getting a lot of minutes. I want to see Io get more minutes. The confidence that Io's playing with right now is on the next level, but I think part of that's coming from him being able to play more free because his role is extremely different than being the starting point guard with that mix of players. Could he be a starting point guard with a different mix? Yeah, and I do think if if Zach Levine is traded, right, or when he's traded, depending on what they get back, if they, if Kobe ends up moving to the two guard, I do think Io can play point guard next to Kobe. Now, that's still not a team that you're going to expect to get a lot of wins, but I think we've seen Io with this group in, as a starting point guard and to go back to that, I think, would be a step back. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from 8 Live. All right, hey, this is 8 Live, man. I think this is going to be my last rant before these trades happen. I'm done, man. But uh, to see DeMar DeRozan throw his jersey down after that Toronto game, because I turned that game off in the second quarter. I ain't going to lie. I couldn't even watch it, bro. It was just, it's just, bro, it's over with, bro. Vooch, DeMar, and Zach is doing shit because don't nobody want to be left behind. We took up for this team when they was putting this team together and everybody was saying that the Bulls was going to be trash. We was losing our man. Oh, my God, Zach Levine. And I was the main one. I thought this team was going to be something because I thought Zach just needed a little help and he was just going to, you know, reach his ceiling, you know. It's no black leadership in the Bulls front office. It's a the white man party, and that's probably the scapegoat that they're going to use in the end. Um, it's going to be easy to do that, and I think that's why our players are not developing. They don't have no no black leadership in there whatsoever. And being on the experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to twenty five thousand dollars, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide 
who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc outside looking in we might not can see that but on the inside that's probably why our players not developing they don't there's no there's no black leadership over there and i'm not making this a a thing um you know a, a race thing but these young players need somebody to relate to to get their confidence all the way to the top. I don't know if it's Maurice Sheik. I don't know if he is hip enough with this young generation uh, to be able to lead these guys and help these guys get to their confidence, man. This It's probably like jail over there, and that's what it's looking like. That's what it's looking like at the picture that they're going to paint. Because they're not going to uh, – when I talk about they, I mean the, the, the um, big three. They're not going to go to these other places and say it was their fault. And that's the only thing they're going to be able to say because we don't have, I'm not saying we need these coaches, but we don't have a, a, a Mark Jackson, not that I would ever want him to coach the Bulls, but we don't have a Mark Jackson, a, a, what's a Jerry Stackhouse, some of these coaches that we could stand for sale, some of these coaches like Jerry Weinfeld don't want to do it. So we can play as fans, man. DeMar just played us through his jersey there. He wanted everybody to see that. Zach over there fraternizing with the Toronto coach. AK is a straight bitch. And after we as fans seeing Zach talking to the coach, DeMar walking out, throwing his jersey down, if we just keep on with this shit, AK playing us the us fans like some bitches, and we need to start getting them up out of there. Because somebody getting played. It's either Jerry Weinsberg or Jerry Weinsberg do the plan. But at the end of the day, the fans getting played like some straight bitch. The Bulls bogus. Be red, man. Get them boys up out of there. For real. All right, so one thing I got to call eight lives on, and I get what you're saying with this, but I, I just because I know the Bulls organization, to say that we don't have any people of color in leadership roles is false. We got Mark Eversley, J.J. Polk, Mo Cheeks, John Bryant, Chigose, uh, Chigose Umed, right? These are all guys that are in leadership positions with the Chicago Bulls that are people of color. They are black men. So, like, that's just five. And then we also have Jordan Ash and Ty Abbott, part of the player development staff. And even with tying it with that, right, I, I don't like, I understand wanting to see a black head coach. I understand all that. But you can't tie the success of players and say that they don't feel confident because they don't see people of color in leadership roles. The Spurs are one of the, is a very white organization, but they develop players. They are one of the pinnacles of development, right? So I, I get what you're getting at, and I know it comes from a good place. I'm not trying to call you out eight lives. But I, what did I name? Eight to nine people that are in higher up positions, and just because we don't see them, don't think that that doesn't mean that we don't have people that are in very important roles that are people of color in the Chicago Bulls organization. Again, 
Mark Eversley, J.J. Pope, Mo Cheeks, John Bryant, Chigoze Umed, Jordan Ass, Ty Abbott. Those are seven people that are black men. We have more people of color and women that are in position, leadership positions in the Chicago Bulls organization. So listen, I, and again, like I said, in the biggest part of that that you pointed out is part of the development. The two people leading, two of the people leading your player development staff, they're not the heads of it, but are black men of color. So I, I get what you're getting at with that. Uh, and it's all in love, eight lives, and I understand what's rooted in it. But I just, I, I wanted to, to put that out there because I don't know if, if Bulls fans that don't do that research and look really understand how the makeup of the Bulls leadership and front office really is, right? You have people of color in, in huge positions for the Chicago Bulls. So that's just something I wanted to point out there. All in love, no, no, like, uh, no coming at you or anything. So please don't take it like that. Eight lives. I appreciate you. You know, you're a member of the family here. But let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Reginald. Hey, hey this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, at this moment, I don't want to talk about that shitty ass piece. Uh, my question is, what do you think about the Rainy City Bulls uh, players so far? Uh, I know about Sonogo and Phil, you know, playing with aggression, playing well. I know that Taylor uh, Terry is, uh, you know, giving a lot of effort. They're still playing out of the soul. But what's your take on guys like Justin Lewis? You know, I see that he's getting a lot of rebounds, but uh, his shot's not falling away, uh, we hope. And what about uh, Bidham uh, being put at the point guard position? Uh, I was wondering what you're saying on, on those things. And do you have anyone else uh, on the Bull, Wendy City Bull, that you could be looking at? Thanks. A great question here. I should have probably waited to put this on the Windy City Bulls episodes, but I'll put it here. Justin Lewis is it, it, it hasn't been good. I'm just going to be, be quite frank on you. It, has, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been great. Um, but again, he's an undrafted rookie for a reason. He's coming back for ACL surgery, and we've seen it even in the NBA level, that for some people, it can take upwards of a year for, before you get all the way back right um, as far as after an ACL surgery. So we'll see. I'm not really hugely judging him on that. He's shown some promise on the defensive side, but like offense has been a big miss for him. Uh, some of the timing things for him as well. Now, Ornelot Batim. He's not a point guard. I just I didn't need to clear, clarify that up. He's not a point guard. So him playing point guard is not something you're going to see. He's not a point guard. He's not a point guard by any stretch of the imagination. Could he run some point? I mean, yeah, it's a modern NBA. You, you, could, you can put some things. But one thing Batim is not is not a point guard, and I don't even mean that as a slight. I think you're, you're limiting him too much and taking away too many of the things that he does well by trying to put him in the point guard situation. But Batim is adapting really well. He's coming along. He's playing some of his best basketball here in the last couple of games. But make sure you guys are tuned in when I drop the Windy City Bulls review episode going over the week in the G League so you can get more details on that. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Peace, Kofi. peace. What up, Hayes? This is King Khufu, bro. Listen, love your show. Love you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to have this thing going on for years to come. I already know. And it's going to grow. It's going to get bigger. Uh, with that said, I just wanted to say, listen, Zach Levine checked out last season. Remember that game against Orlando when Billy Donovan benched him in the fourth quarter? That was the game that, or at the time, I should say that Zach Levine checked out. I said it last season. I've been saying it since then. I don't want to watch this team anymore. I'm tired of watching the same old, same old every every night where everybody's just standing around, nobody cutting to the basket, the ball's not moving. And, like, you watch other teams and it's like watching a, a, a high school team when you watch the basketball – I mean, when you watch the Bulls, I'm sorry. When you see the Bulls play, it's like watching a high school basketball team. 
versus when you see other NBA teams play. They play like professionals. I don't know what Billy Donovan is doing. I don't care. I've been calling for him to be fired for the last two seasons. I'm done with it. I don't have nothing else good to say about this team until they get rid of Billy Donovan. I'm saying it. I've been saying it. I'm standing on it until it happens. That's all I got to say. Peace. See red. Go Bulls at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, but at some point. All right. Have a good one, bro. Zach has been checked out since the Orlando game. I'll say he hasn't been checked out since that game. When you see some of the performances that Zach Levine put in in the second half of last season, right, when you talk about him averaging like 30 points, close to 30 points per game, uh, he was he led the league in scoring after like December 30th or January somewhere last season. So, no, I, I, I didn't lead. He was like second or third in the league in scoring. So, um, but no, he hasn't been checked. That may have been the start of the downfall. But he hasn't been checked out since then. I, I just got to point that out. Now, as far as Billy Donovan's coaching, it's stale. It just is what it is. Billy Donovan's coaching is god-awful, and it doesn't put the Bulls in the best situations. It doesn't put the players in the best situations, and it's predictable. This is why you see defenses usually adjust extremely well to what the Chicago Bulls are trying to do because our offense isn't creative. The players don't move without the ball. We don't move the ball around enough. Um, we just don't do a lot of the just things. And, and I've said this, I've described it as this before in live streams. The things that other teams do to get them easy buckets, the Bulls don't do at all, and it makes every bucket that much harder to get. And that does point to coaching for me. So, you know, I, I definitely agree with you on Billy Donovan part of it. Uh, we got some real work to do there, and uh, we'll see if the Bulls win, <laughs> if ever, they move on from Billy Donovan as the head coach. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, hi, what's up, man? Look, have you ever noticed how DeMar DeRozan kills the momentum of almost every game that we try to come back in? No, I mean, let's be honest. Think about it. Zach Levine was killing in this game, and then when DeMar DeRozan was out, we literally were down by four to six points. He came back in the game, we ended up losing by 15. Not only that, when he tries to go one-on-one or tries to play his game, everybody gets thrown off. Now, me, that's one of the reasons why I think that the starting lineup is not doing as well as it could be because not only you have him operating in certain places, messing Vooch and Kobe up, that's why him and Kobe White and Vooch don't play too well together, but also, when you think about it, he's not really a good defender at all, nor does he even try. If you notice... He is usually the one that gets to be on the defensive end even when we make the comeback. That's why the times where we do take him out the game, you know, we go up when he's out of the game, and we usually have to put him in usually when it's time to score. Look, man, I'm not saying that this is all DeMar DeRozan's fault. I know we got a lot of stuff to clean up. But at the same time, I feel like if DeMar DeRozan gets moved and he gets moved for a player like maybe a Paul George, or maybe some type of player that, some type of wing that can shoot, or maybe if he does come off the bench, put Tory Craig in the starting lineup and move Alex Caruso to the three, and then you'll probably see a much better start than what you see in the game. But hey, that's just me. At this point, we should be down to try anything, like Reggie's mama. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Does Billy Donovan, I mean, uh, does DeMar DeRozan kill the momentum? Um, I'll say to a degree. He does slow things do slow up with DeMar DeRozan on the court. That's just that's just facts. This the statistics, the numbers, it all backs that up, right? Now, playing faster doesn't necessarily always mean you're playing better either, but it does slow some things. DeMar DeRozan is such a unique player in how he gets his offense and how he plays the game of basketball. All this stuff is extremely unique for DeMar DeRozan, 
and I and, and like I said, DeMar DeRozan can, has absolutely saved the Bulls bacon more times than not with how he plays in the fourth quarter. And it's about first season and a half here, right? The half of last season wasn't that good, and he's, he seems like he's starting to come out of it now this season as well. But all those questions are exist do exist, and they're all valid. So, you know, we'll see. DeMar DeRozan, when it comes down to it, it's this. I know a lot of people say, well, why are you looking to trade Zach? You should look to trade DeMar. He's a 34-year-old expiring contract you're not getting a lot of back for. Because teams, even if a team does want him and sees how he's playing, they probably are going to say, well, whether than us having to give up A player or B player, if we see that player is potentially also being part of our future, or whether us giving up any draft capital, we'll just wait and go after DeMar in free agency. Doesn't seem like this bull situation is working out. So, you know, that that also kills the, the market for DeMar DeRozan in a way. But like I said, I, I, and many people have said this, I do think that DeMar could be great coming off the bench. But you're not going to ask DeMar DeRozan to come off the bench, especially not Billy Donovan. Would a, would a better or to great coach ask DeMar to come off the bench and probably get him to buy in? Yes. But Billy Donovan, that he is not. But all right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Big O. What's going on, Hayes? It's Big O, man. I had to call in. Great video. Great response. Uh, I had to call in because I got to put some clarity on my last voicemail. Obviously, it was only three minutes. I was trying to get a lot in. So, like, you know, when you, when you, when you spoke about uh, when you responded to if Grand Pax would have drafted Yoka, they wouldn't have been here. My point to that is, and you know this as well, when you got a superstar talent like a Jokic, Jokic is on the level of a Giannis. He's on the level of a, you know, LeBron's probably top five, but I'll put him in that nature, you know, and be, when you got one of those type of guys, you automatically going to probably be in the playoffs. Now, if that's out of 10, you're going to be in the mix. So when I said that about Grand Pax, it's more so of saying that they would have been probably in the playoffs, even if it would have been six, seven, eight seeds. They, they, they would be in the mix enough to where it's easier to build around your superstar when you got a guy right. Like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I can build a team. But if I got that guy, it's that much easier to build a team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we got Derrick Rose and you had Joe Kim Noah, and you had Lou all day, we knew, okay, if you get one more score next to D. Rose after Ben Gordon left, because Ben Gordon technically was that guy to score next to him, but if we just get one more, we'll be ready. It's easier to build a team around a guy once you have that guy. You don't need to be a great GM to build a to 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 build a championship team if you have the guy. Like, think about LeBron, for instance. Dan Gilbert, them guys not great GMs, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got LeBron. So if you got LeBron, it's, it, it's easier to put the players around LeBron once you got that guy. You don't need to have this super GM talent to build a championship team if you get lucky and grab the superstar player. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about building a great team out, you look at Oklahoma City Thunder today. They build a great team out. They're not a championship team, no. But you see what they're doing. You see the all uh, the assets they have when they get ready to make that great move, they are in position to do it because they got young players that have talent, they got draft picks, and they got shape. So that's what I mean when I say that. As far as like the Brandon Miller thing, I mean I'm, I, I added Vooch in there, but even if you don't get the the center, uh, what's your, I can't think of his name back as a voice member in a minute. But even if you don't get him back, what I'm saying is to get Brandon Miller, it might cost you Zach and Boot. Even if it don't cost you that, that main center is what I'm saying. They get young centers is what I'm saying. So I didn't clear all that up, sending the voicemail. I just wanted to 
reiterate that because big old calling to clarify his voicemail from yesterday i understand that i understand the perspective 100 percent, right so i want to say that but here's the thing i think when you say that having a superstar gets you into the playoffs but it also changes your expectations having having a a, a player to, to a generational player basically that gets you to the playoffs just by having them on your roster the playoffs no longer become the goal right the bulls right now the goal is the playoffs because we don't have that player if we had a lebron if we had a, if we had uh, a Joel, uh, Joel Embiid, if we had a Jokic, yes, we would expect to get into the playoffs at a minimum, but the expectations are higher than that. And so it's harder to draft a team when you do have that su- uh, superstar whose presence alone gets you into the playoffs. I think it's harder to build a team around that than what you're letting on, only because if you're just saying build a team that can get to the playoffs, yeah, any, like, yeah, almost anybody can do that if you have a generational talent on your team. But like I said, the expectations become more. And it gets harder to actually build that team that can do more than just get to the playoffs because you're drafting low. Um, unless you take advantage, of, unless you just really get lucky in signings, things like that. You mentioned LeBron. You mentioned Jokic before. But for every LeBron, there's a Carmelo. There's a Dame. There's a Joel Embiid. These are teams that have these superstar teams but have not even been able, or Dame now that he's on Milwaukee, but their teams haven't been able to sniff getting to a title because it's harder to build a team when you're drafting lower. And the OKC are very, they're not the typical situation. The OKC Thunder traded, they traded KD. Then they traded, uh, uh, you know, brought in Paul George, but then they traded them. They traded Russell Westbrook. They, Chris Paul came in. They traded Chris Paul, right? They got Shea Gilders Alexander in a trade, and they got all those picks that they've accumulated have put them in the, in the situation where they're going to have multiple draft picks every, every year for the next three to five years. But let's not act like that's typical, right? Yes, they are in a prime position to trade for a superstar when one becomes available, but that's not typically the situation. And had they drafted Shea, I think they would be in even maybe even a worse situation. But the OKC Thunder are a very special situation and not the typical one. So I think using them in this type of scenario and conversation is a little bit off in a degree. But I understand everything that you're coming from with it. Um, like I said, you got to also factor in the expectations changing when you have that superstar that gets you to the playoffs with their presence alone and the playoffs no longer become the goal the goal at that point becomes competing i mean contending for a title so yeah it's easy to build a playoff team when you have that type of team when you have that type of player but getting to the title getting over that hump of getting to the title no that still takes extremely good gming to be able to get there at least that's my thought at least let me know what you guys think on everything down below. As always, make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on Chi-Town Up. But no, that's the Bears exit. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 